Hey, now it's here to record. Yeah. Why are you giving me that look? What's in the box? Uh, What's in the fucking box, man? A ham sandwich. I brought my lunch. Okay. It better be a ham sandwich, motherfucker. You're too excited about this Fincher episode, bro. Yeah, maybe. Welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast, episode 106. I'm your host, Nathan, and I'm joined by the man himself, Matthew Nevis, to my left. Thank you, thank you. And today, we are going to be discussing uh, one of my favorite directors, David Fincher. Hell yeah. He's got a new movie coming out Ooh. soon, The Killer. He's going back to serial killers, yeah. and David Fincher and serial killers is like peanut butter and fucking jelly. Man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. So Ugh. I'm real excited about that. I really hope it's uh, it lives up to the to, to my high expectations. Uh, I just thought it would be a good time to look at Fincher's filmography so far because he's had such an interesting career to me, mm-hmm. um, from from television shows to music videos to commercials yep. to some of the best films of all time. Oh yeah, like. What a career. Because this guy knows some stuff. That's the thing I, I realized was um, he's been working in the, in the industry since like the early 80s. Uh-huh. I think he said he worked on Return of the Jedi as a supervisor VFX. Really? I believe, I believe so. Correct me if I I'm know, wrong. But I know he started with uh, ILM. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and those were where, one of the earliest films he did. Yeah. And that's where he learned a lot of that special effects stuff that, mm-hmm. that we see in, in some of his future stuff, right? Yeah. And that's that's the thing, because the last episode we talked about Gareth Edwards, a person who was well versed with VFX. Same with David Fincher. This guy has been working on these films and a lot of them, not a lot of people talk about the VFX in it, the CGI. A because lot of it. yeah, because maybe they're not movies that you think have vfx and cgi mm-hmm. but a movie like fight club bro the, oh my the god cameras going through floors going through ceilings going like it, it's an insane movie what the camera does some, yeah. like with some of those cg shots and the way they blend it in with just the way that film shot which is beautifully yeah like, it just works really well mm-hmm. my favorite uh thing to, because people ask like what's your favorite like s- uh, special effects driven movie and everyone like says jurassic park terminator 2 yeah. and i'm like social network and they're Ooh. like really and they're like yeah you couldn't fucking tell how many shots were like vfx and stuff mm-hmm. and it was like most of the film if not all of it was and you can't even fucking tell that's the cool part about yeah. david fincher's work is that a lot of these shots that you see aren't they, they look real. That's Social the, network, you really can't tell. No. Fight Club is like a product of yes. the times. Yeah. And there's obviously some that doesn't age well, but mm-hmm. I still think is cool because it's like a time capsule in that era. Yeah, I absolutely. Know, sometimes for me, outdated CGI doesn't ruin it, like won't ruin it for me. It'll just add to like, okay, that's like the era. Yeah, I, I think that and also the, the story itself yeah, is perfect. Exactly. So I'm, I'll am i excuse- You can excuse some CGI. A, a couple sure. moments, like the buildings destroying and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine because yeah. at that point- I fucking you're love so, this movie. You're so invested in the story. Yeah, yeah. So there are moments like that in probably his earlier work. Um, but I, I, 
I, I didn't know. know about that st- him working on Star Wars and stuff. I knew yeah. that he worked for ILM, mm-hmm. and then I knew that he got his opportunity to direct a directing Alien Three. Yes, which I guess we can we can start from the beginning. Let's start in with terms Alien of that. 3. Alien Three is a film that Fincher fucking hates talking about oh, yeah. for good reason. Um, it's one of those movies where it was in like production hell because the yeah. expectation was okay, we're making a sequel to Aliens, James Cameron's Aliens, and it's like, well, what do you do? We can't say aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Alien to the Power of Three. Fuck it. What is it about? And then, like, the story was being written, and then David Fincher got on. And I, I from what I've heard, the production was pretty rough with yeah. the VFX and the alien technology and stuff like that. It's like, it was all over the place. But looking at it from that perspective, and you see the movie, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not great, but, but he he really hates it, and I mean, mm-hmm. he said that like he thought he would never make another feature film again. Like, yeah, <laughs> it literally drove him to like not want to do it again. Mm-hmm. He he, I watched this interview of his where he was just like, yeah, just you know, after that, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do commercials. I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. and then after Alien Three, he has this incredible run of commercials. I want to yeah. talk a little bit about this Go because I went down the David Fincher commercial rabbit hole. Hell yeah, man! And Bro, in the 90s, he had some of the sickest Nike commercials. The Instant Karma. Uh, he's got ones with Charles Barkley that are amazing. He's got one called Barkley on Broadway. Whoa. That one is so good. You got to check that one out. And he's got one called Barkley of Seville, which is like a play on the Looney Tunes. Uh, oh, my Barbara God. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, it, it's fantastic, bro. What? He has some super underrated commercials that... Uh, showcase his CGI like he he does he does this one Adidas one with like this ro- these robot legs showcasing this new shoes yeah and the CGI is insane in it like it's film quality stuff oh my god and he did all this so how many commercials is that one two three four so five. these are some of his most popular from 92 to 95 he's he did yeah he did a ton of commercials we're talking like he probably did 10 commercials yeah in, in this era that's crazy because like that's what I mean like commercials in terms of production they're quick but you have to fucking like hook the audience yeah. super fast. Yeah, and then I mean, he worked with Nike, Coke. He worked with like the biggest. He worked with Adidas. He wow. worked with some of the Levi's. He worked with some of the biggest brands and had the biggest commercials on television. Heineken. He was like everywhere. And that's the thing too about directors who started out in commercials is like nobody ever talks about their work in that because obviously Fincher did it, uh, Michael Bay did it, uh, Zack Snyder did it. Like yeah. a lot of these big name directors that we talk about now started with commercials. Yeah. And they fucking knew how to hook the audience in a 30 second ad and Fincher was a fucking great example of that. That's what I love about Fincher because he's just like, he was always working. He always found somewhere to, he always wanted to work. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a director it's like, oh, I can't get a movie made right now so you're not gonna see anything from me for five years right he was doing he was like oh, i'll go off and shoot a movie uh, mm-hmm. even in the 2000s okay i'm not shooting i'm not shooting movies or I'll, sorry i meant to say i'll go off and shoot a commercial yeah yeah but even in the 2000s uh i'm not shooting a movie right now okay i'll go shoot a music video yeah he shot a jay-z justin timberlake suit and tie music video oh fuck yeah that's him. i remember that one and that's like a yeah, great yeah. black and white like a sick music video yeah like Damn. he's done. His resume is one of the most impressive resumes because not only does he have classic films, he's got classic music videos. He's got like different mediums, mm-hmm. and 
and has told stories effectively through these different mediums. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it also reflects the fact that you don't just have to stick to film when doing this shit. He also did TV episodes of Man, uh, Mindhunter and uh, House of Cards. So it's like he's yeah. he, he's done shit, and not just from a directing standpoint, but he fucking knows the VFX behind it. So he's not just like being completely unaware of how long it would take. He's aware of it, and he's just like, all right, I'm going to respect everyone within the department because I know what you guys are doing. Yeah. So, so after Alien Three oh, and yeah. his stint in um, commercials in the nineties, mm-hmm. he comes back to direct Seven. 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 Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. What a way to come back. Mm-hmm. He said that um, he, uh, the script just came. He, skip, skip. Oh my god! I can't. <laughs> it's okay. The skip, script. Skip. 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 Yep. <laughs> <sighs> the script came across his desk, yeah. and he said the ending just. He just couldn't, like he, he couldn't get away from that ending. Like he couldn't stop thinking about that ending, and he thought it was such a unique. Uh, obviously, it's one of the best endings in film. Yeah. And for him to just the stars to align with Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt of that era. Yeah. Like that movie is so fucking good. Do you know what the original ending was though? Oh yeah. My dad told me about this, and I was like, "You're you're fucking." This kidding. is true. Yeah. So apparently the original ending which they only have storyboards of it because they never even fucking filmed it because Fincher hated this idea I believe yeah. was that Morgan Freeman was the one that killed Kevin Spacey that would have been such a <laughs> shit fucking I was like what ending, why the fuck would he do it and apparently like the throwaway line was just like I'm a few days away from retirement that's yeah. what Morgan Freeman said after he shoots <laughs> Kevin Spacey I'm like dude what the f- no that would have been a horrible ending. no but yeah that's true because i saw uh in one of fincher's interviews he talks about like taking it back to the studio and be like i love the ending and mm-hmm. then being like oh we're not going with that ending like the the we've written that's like an old draft we've, we've oh. changed the ending mm-hmm. and fincher was really adamant and is is the sole reason why that ending came back Oh, wow. So the studio wanted the Morgan Freeman one. Yeah, so basically... Yeah, so Fincher was reading an old draft that they no longer wanted to do. They did not want to do that ending. And that was the Brad Pitt one. That that was the what's in the box. What's in the box ending. I'm shocked. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the most iconic endings to any film, and they just were disregarding it like i know wow how do you not know you have gold there like that's such especially from a character standpoint like you'd have to have read the script and imagine reading that fucking script and be like no this ain't a good ending i know (laughs) what the fuck oh my god it's and it's so cool to hear about all this behind the scenes there's great david fincher interviews on youtube oh yeah that's another thing i love is like a lot of these directors you there's not that much behind the scenes they don't speak too much or like Mm -hmm. or you have to go into like you know you have to buy the blu-rays and get the commentaries and stuff like that to really hear from them Mm -hmm. fincher just has a ton of interviews on youtube yeah talks about his filmography all the time does like a, does some podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you like Fincher, you could learn everything there is to learn about Fincher's yeah. career. And I went down the rabbit hole this last week. Hell yeah! Like I'm, I was the same too a few years back. There's different types of interviews though. There's like the ones where it's like if you just want to know the technicalities of it, he'll describe it to you. Yeah. But I always like the ones where he's like interviewing with or they're him and Affleck are talking together. Oh, I love that because Affleck's yeah. directed films and he's directed. They're like busting each other's balls. Yeah. And they, you could tell they have a fun relationship. But they also talk about the struggle yeah. of. 
yeah. making movies. Yeah, directing. they're busting his balls about all the takes that Fincher is famous for and stuff like that. I think that's always funny. <laughs> oh man, Fincher does that does do that. He was like a Kubrick of like the nineties where he would do like twenty, thirty takes and he's just like, I picked the first take. Everybody compares him to Kubrick, right? Like that's that's like a big comparison. Not only for the takes, but I think a lot of his style, I think he gets from from Kubrick. Perfectionism is probably the most relatable yeah. because of the fact that Fincher, although I feel like he was more versed into, I guess he's more of a modern day VFX guy compared to Kubrick. Because Kubrick was into VFX too. He really wanted the best of the best technology to perfect his work. Yeah. Same with Fincher, where it's just like, okay, uh, this note of it saying nine o'clock, I want it to say 10. I can do that now. All I have to do is just like, you know, mask it and like put the right writing and yeah, stuff like that. He's this. a perfectionist. Literally like that. And uh, there was behind the scenes, I saw this two minute clip of the killer with Michael Fossbender, and it's like scenes of him driving on the highway, riding his bike and stuff. That's all like um, the technology of Mandalorian. Oh, with the big screen, the volume screen. Yeah. yeah. So Fincher could be like, all right, take 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Fossbender was like, you know, it's, it's crazy, but like it fucking looks just as good. Yeah, he could do 40 takes. That's so funny. That's insane. It's all in a soundstage, too. So it's not yeah. like, oh, we got to wait until the sun the sun comes up. We can't shoot anymore. It's like, no, we can shoot as long as we want. Damn, film's changing, man. That's fucking, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it could be. It, yeah, that's true. It could be. You don't have to wait on weather. You don't have to wait on time of day. Mm -hmm. That's different. And it looks yeah. so good. I mean, yeah. see, you see it in Mandalorian. It looks so good. Mm -hmm. You saw it in Batman. Like, yeah. The best Gotham has ever looked. It has. Yep, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, oh. that's the future. There's just no doubt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, that's the thing that kind of resonated with Seven and then Fight Club was him working with Brad Pitt. Yeah. I feel like each character that Brad Pitt has been in from a David Fincher movie has been so different, so distinct, and it challenges both the director and the actor yeah. into trying something fucking new. To me, these this is two of Brad Pitt's top five roles. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fight Club and Seven mm -hmm. is some of the best Brad Pitt you're ever going to see. Mm -hmm. Like... What a performance! Oh yeah, you can't go wrong with them. Like uh, people kind of criticize his performance in in Seven. Have you ever have you heard that? Like no. people kind of say he like his delivery is a little bit like kind of stale and like wooden. Like, but I don't really see that. No, at all. I think he's playing this troubled detective really well, and his character is quiet and reserved, and that's the delivery of it. I don't know. I never. I always saw it as his character. You can argue that like I guess his earlier roles aren't as experienced as him now because he's learned so much in the industry. Sure, but. That doesn't make it a bad performance. No, I think it's a great one. <laughs> and Morgan Freeman's performance. Oh, he's seven. so good in that too, man. It's so good. Fuck, man. Like, I wish I wish we got more crime dramas with Morgan Freeman. There were in the late 90s, early 2000s. There, they just were weren't some. as good. Yeah, just ne never as good. But I, Something about a spider. I don't know if you know that one. It was like, no. uh, I'm going to look it up right now. Hold on. Morgan Freeman crime movies. Because he, he was in a lot uh, post-7. High crimes. He was in Gone Baby Gone. True. So there were some exceptions. There is some. There is some but yeah. I think it came along came Spider was the other one. But it, I think the movies came post seven because I was like, oh shit, Morgan Freeman can do that. All right, let's just give him like these seven ripoffs. Yeah. And he was in them, but it was not the same shit, you yeah. know? So it's it's different. But like after Fight Club and Seven came post two thousands work of, of Fincher. So he I believe the next film he did was either Panic Room. So it was Panic Room and then it was probably um fuck, what was the one? No, it was the game. The game. So the game was after 7 and then he did Fight Club and then he did Panic Room. 
So that was like 2001. And then I think a little bit after that, he did fucking, I'm trying to look, Zodiac. Mm -hmm. He did Zodiac and then The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. But Damn. before, okay, let's talk about Zodiac because you fucking oh, were shitting on me for this yeah. one. Talk so about it. I just saw it. Zodiac was a Fincher film that I hadn't seen. It was on my watch list forever. Yeah. And obviously, no brainer. It's it's Fincher and serial killers again. Peanut yeah. butter and jelly for me. Mm -hmm. And this one this one worked extremely well for me. The killing scenes were felt like horror films. Yeah. It felt like a horror film. Robert Downey Jr. giving a crazy performance. Oh, he's great. Crazy performance. Yeah. Uh, that's one I had not seen. And like, you know, coming off of like Oppenheimer, seeing him act again, I was like, yeah, oh, man. this is like that performance. It's, like, he's it's, yeah. so good in this. Mm -hmm. He steals the show with this like, with this, he's, he plays this like flamboyant kind of writer. Let's like yeah. love himself. I love that character. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, the whole film just worked for me incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I didn't love the ending where it, they they do the classic fade to black and yeah and they show like the zodiac the zodiac killer blah blah yeah. blah like that always pisses me off they did that for that movie yeah. and I wish it didn't end that way mm -hmm. I think my points would have went up a little bit higher because the film itself I really did love mm -hmm. um, but your rating was whatever man <laughs> you want me to explain why my rating was, what was a seven rating? out of ten. I gave it a seven out of ten. Yeah. I like the film. Yeah, that's pretty good. You gave it a nine. I gave it a nine. Which is fair. I know a lot of people who love Zodiac. Yeah. But I think the reason why I didn't love love it was the fact that um I feel like Gyllenhaal's performance wasn't as like interesting as everybody else in the film. You didn't like Gyllenhaal, eh? Not a huge fan of the performance. I like him as an actor. Like Donnie Darker was a great performance from him. But like looking at Zodiac, you have Robert Downey Jr. You have um. Mark Ruffalo. Fuck, you have, yeah. I didn't even Mark, Bro, it's Iron Man and Hulk yep. solving a fucking murder case. They're fucking great. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I there's so many actors in the film. Brian Cox is in it briefly as like the interview, the uh, reporter on TV. You got so many great performances. Yeah. And then I look at Gyllenhaal and I'm just like, I don't think it's as this exciting and it sucks because of the fact that he's the main fucking actor in the movie Damn. so he's the one searching yeah. for it and i'm just like i don't care about your relationship i, uh, <laughs> I will say that yeah uh jake gyllenhaal is the main character yeah. and it's probably the least interesting character unfortunately like mm -hmm. robert downey jr steals the show yeah. mark, Ruff mark ruffalo's so good mm -hmm. uh Damn, that's actually crazy that it's Iron Man, Hulk, and Mysterio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking Gyllenhaal was Mysterio. I didn't even know he was in a Marvel film. I just took in like, one of the Spider-Man movies. I just movies. thought about Shit, that. man. Yo, you get the Marvel check, you might as well cash it in, you yeah. know? Um, but no, overall, like, I'm not saying it's terrible. There, I always think about the scene where it's just like him talking to the guy who has a basement. It's like, not a lot of people have a basement yeah. bro that but that uh, scene that line good. delivery that's good his line delivery there is not a lot of basements in california and yeah he turns yeah. around bro that line delivery yeah. is fucking fire that one's good that whole scene was amazing yeah but um i didn't love it but every fincher film i've seen i haven't hated like i feel like each one has their own strengths and um some are stronger in my opinion than others yeah but like looking more into it like i would say his strongest ones are like Social Network, Gone Girl. You want to talk about Gone Girl? Because I was shocked by your rating from this one. Let's turn the table down. Yeah, here's another. So Gone Girl is another one I hadn't seen. <laughs> and uh, I know like that movie when it came out was like real big. Like, Oh, yeah. There was a big following for that movie. Right? Mm -hmm. People love Gone Girl. 
And I liked it. I liked it. I I didn't like it as much as Zodiac. I'm gonna be completely honest. I thought mm-hmm. I thought uh, Zodiac was better. Mm-hmm. I did love Ben Affleck in it. I thought he he was great. I feel like he was playing himself in that movie, kind of. Kind like, of, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. It's like you look at his performance in it, and you're just like, yeah, this is very much Affleck. But then there's other actors in it that you wouldn't expect to give an amazing performance just from like their past work. And I'm not saying anything about them, but like Tyler Perry, Neil Patrick Harris. Bruh. You look at their their performances previous, and you're just like, okay, what, what? Why are they in a Fincher film? And then they're in it, and they're like, oh, they're fucking great in it. When I saw Neil Patrick Harris, bro, I'm like, what is this fucking Smurfs, bro? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, no, because that's the only thing he's been in from a film perspective. Yeah. Like How I Met Your Mother. Like, oh, yeah. I why is he in this? But his role in it is fucking amazing. Tyler Perry's role is he, fucking amazing. Neil, Neil Patrick Harris is all right, but. Tyler Perry as the fucking lawyer. Yeah. How good is he as like the celebrity kind of Saul Goodman-esque yes! lawyer? Oh, that's a great comparison. No, I mean like, I don't know. Like people people kind of disregard like specific performances from actors because they're like, oh, well, they were in like these shitty comedies. Like don't ever do that because then you'll get performances like this. It's the same thing with Adam Sandler. He gets that fucking reputation where yeah. it's like, yeah, sure, I'm not a fan of his comedies, but that doesn't mean he can't offer a dramatic performance like this. I could not believe Tyler Perry was in this movie. Like when I saw, I didn't know. Yeah. I, like I didn't know oh, before man. I started it. And when I saw him, I was like, what the fuck is Medea doing in this movie? Bro? <laughs> yes. Like I've only ever seen Tyler Perry the- with pounds of makeup on his exactly. face. Exactly. Yo, I swear to God, I think Medea Christmas part two came out the same year as that yeah, movie. Yeah. And for him to oh. give such a, like, such a role with like this confidence and charisma of like a Saul Goodman, which is a hard character to play. It is. He plays this like likable know-it-all lawyer mm-hmm. and it works so well. I just, I wish we saw more regular Tyler Perry performances now. Yeah. It, it's very rare. Like I remember when I was watching the first Star Trek movie, he was in it as like one of the judges and I'm like, what the fuck? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. And he just plays it straight. I'm like, what? Tyler Perry, you're in a Star Trek movie. That's like what? a side quest for him. Literally. But um, <laughs> speaking of Gone Girl, I think the reason why I really enjoyed enjoyed it was it was this fr- uh refreshing take on erotic thrillers which i feel like don't get as much like shit because of the fact that we've we've gotten used to like superhero films we've gotten used to like yeah. it's like the western era where it's like we we are so used to this type of genre but i feel like erotic thrillers don't get enough credit because they work really well yeah gone girl is the best example of it that it takes you on a wild ride the movie yeah. takes you on this ride and, you know, at first you like Ben Affleck, and then by the end you're just like, everybody's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. You guys are all fucked. <laughs> like that, that's kinda, I love it. That's kind of, by the end, you're, you're ruined with them. You're like, everybody's fucked. Yeah. That was a wild ride. And that's, that's, that's what that movie does. Mm-hmm. And I love that, because the reality of it is just like that. It's like, everyone's a shitty person. It's like, who's looking for who? It's like, what are they striving for? And it's like, the beginning of the movie, when you hear that like line of dialogue from Affleck, and then you watch the ending, and you hear that same line of dialogue, completely changes your point of view yeah. entirely. So I love that they did that. And I was just like, man... I, I wish more. I wish more films had in that genre existed nowadays. The movie's great. Yeah, the movie's great, but I think you got to rewatch Zodiac. I'm just saying. I'll rewatch Zodiac. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll rewatch Zodiac. I'll rewatch other Fincher films. Don't get me wrong. I just have hot takes because, like, you you know me. I mean, we can get into like our favorite Fincher films, but I wanted to like cover the rest of his. Let's go Social Network. Ooh, yeah. Social Network is fucking great, man. You can't go wrong with that like, one. What a fucking movie. Yeah. And it's like such a like meta like concept, like meta. I mean fucking Facebook is I know, called, right? It's but a meta now. No, that's the joke. Nathan just made the joke. But <laughs> 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 
There we go. Um, but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from with that, where it's like you could have easily made the most typical like Facebook biopic. It's like to me when I hear, oh, they're going to make a movie about how Facebook started. It's like, oh, they're going to make a movie about the GameStop fucking like it could be it could have been as yeah. corny as that. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what dumb I mean? Yeah, it yeah. could have been like a dumb money. But it's not. No. It's it's a really great character driven story with amazing performances mm-hmm. and amazing editing. Damn. I just took in, yeah, this could have been like a dumb money situation. It could have been Where a dumb, the advertisements is like imagine Facebook movie, but it came out today. It's like Paul Dano's Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. And he's just like, Well, I made Facebook. And then it's just like a quirky face. I'm like, I don't go comedic with this. It could have been movie. it could have been a corny ass movie yeah. about a guy building up Facebook and just getting it stolen from him. Yeah. And that's that would literally be it. Like it, it, it does so many great things. Justin Timberlake gives probably his best performance. Bro, Justin Timberlake's a fucking good actor. <laughs> Like he let's is. keep it a hundred. Uh, that movie in time where they're they're fucking selling that they're they're like mm-hmm. currency is time. Yeah, he's good in that movie. That movie is pretty good. Yeah, I, I think. And he's got some other performances that I really like. This is his high standout one. Though. That's what I mean, though. Like I would, I'm, I'm, I think Justin Timberlake compared to actors who are like singers turned actors or whatever. This is the best case scenario because yeah. even in like in time, I thought it was okay, but he gives a great performance. So imagine like him working with one of the best directors, yeah, and getting a role like this. Yeah, it's, oh. it's a role for him because Justin Timberlake's already Justin Timberlake. Yeah, and you give him this role where he could be this cool guy, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, it works so well. Yeah, him, Andrew Garfield, Jesse Eisenberg. I mean, like Jesse fucking Eisenberg's so fucking good as Mark Zuckerberg. And though. the thing is, he's not doing a Mark Zuckerberg impression. No, he's just doing. A, a caricature of like somebody with this power, with yeah. this position, and it works so well because it's like, yeah, I could totally see like a fucking weird dude having this much money and acting that way. It's such a good movie, and a little bit of a curveball when you look at the rest of Fincher's filmography. I, I kind of wouldn't expect him to direct that movie, a movie about Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just works. Like he was the guy to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, and maybe like if this movie didn't exist, he wouldn't be the first director. I would think to come to mind to direct that movie. If I was going to make a Facebook movie, yeah. I wouldn't think Fincher right away. You think like Danny Boyle or somebody yeah, like... Yeah, somebody else. Somebody around that corner. Yeah, I agree. That that reminds me because my favorite Fincher film, I'll just go into it because <clears throat> we only have so much time in the yeah. world, but my favorite Fincher my film out of his that. entire filmography is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that one and that's your favorite. That's I my favorite. I love that movie. I just want to say... A movie like this could have easily been directed by like a Spielberg type of filmmaker yeah. because of the subject matter. It's very much like a Forrest Gump-esque type of structure. But when Fincher works on it, it feels a lot more depressing and more melancholy, yeah. which is what I like about the subject matter. Because it is a weird premise. It is a man who is like reverse aging. Yeah, He starts out as a really old man and dies as a baby. It, yeah, it's it's a kind of a ridiculous premise. Yes. But they play it real straight. Yeah. And the emotion that they have and the, the dynamic of their relationship, it turns into like a very tragic story. Absolutely. That movie is an absolute tragedy. It's fucking depressing, man. Yeah. I, get, I get fucking emotional every time yeah. because it's Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett's one of their finest performances I've ever fucking seen. For sure. And the VFX still hold up, in my opinion. This came out 15 fucking years ago, and I still like... It, it just looks so oh, yeah, convincing. That's, another, that's three Brad Pitt Finchers. And it's go. got to be in his top five performances. And they're man. all different. Yeah, they're all different yeah, characters. Man. That's true. Oh, man. So, yeah. I would say favorite Fincher film, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Go watch it if you want to be sad and depressed. 
What's your yeah. favorite Fincher film? My favorite Fincher film is Seven. I love a good a good crime drama like that, a good mystery. The ending, the twist, that's what you call a twist ending. That's the gold standard of endings to me. Um, I remember seeing that movie, not being too into film, and just thinking about that ending for so long. Fucking A. What's in the box is just like... Well, so, you can't go wrong with it's that. It's so iconic. When you say it, everyone knows what the fuck you're yeah, talking about. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, like, that's a movie I'm probably going to see another 10 times before I die. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, Seven is just a movie that I probably watch yearly. I love it. It's it's probably in my top 10, 20 films of all time. Fucking So A. I have to pick Seven. Well, there you go. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like the questions that I have here we kind of already answered in terms of favorite Fincher film, favorite Brad Pitt role, favorite you know. I, I, I feel like we can end off by saying, Are you excited to see the killer? The killer. We we reacted to the trailer. Yep. It looks good. Mm-hmm. It's Fincher back with serial killers, and the the initial reviews from some people who saw it early are positive. Fucking A, man. I'm excited to see it. Oh, man. I'm hoping... Is it going to go straight to Netflix, or are we going to be able to watch it in theaters? I think, unfortunately, that's one of the Netflix ones. Ah, uh, I know. That's but a it, little bit too bad. That's if it ever bad. comes in theaters, select theaters, because sometimes Netflix some, does that. Yeah. We're going to go. I'd, I'd love to see a Fincher film in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen any Fincher films in theaters? Uh, catch any of these no, theaters? only the Netflix because he's really been on Netflix. Because I saw Mank, Mank yeah. was good. I fuck with Mank. Oh, okay, you saw that. That was a good one. But I hope to see a Fincher film in theater someday. Yeah, him and Netflix. I mean, he started the House of Cards. He Man. did House of Cards, Mindhunter. Yeah, I can't even get into his show stuff. Well, oh no, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that on the next episode. Absolutely, we'll wrap it up there. Let us know your thoughts on David Fincher. Where does he rank amongst your your favorite directors? And are you excited to see his new film coming out? soon uh leave a like comment and subscribe to your boys we'll catch you in the next one take care brush your hair peace